Welcome to Dense in the Darkness, the monthly podcast of the Northeast Collaborative. We empower pastors to lead and launch healthy churches in Northeast America. I'm your host, Tim Madeira from WRGN, and I'm here with NEC's president, Dan Nichols. Well, this month, Dan, uh, we've got some real troublemakers in the house. Uh, The NEC directional team members, Justin Bluer and Tim Walker, joining us to wrap up 2021. Now, this was supposed to come out a little earlier, but, well, there were some issues. So tell us the game plan for this episode, Dan. I love how literally anytime anything doesn't work out now, we just get to say COVID. COVID. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But in all reality, that is exactly (laughs) what happened. Uh, So for those who are listening that don't know, Tim and Justin are two amazing pastors from New York and Pennsylvania. They give directional oversight to our very young uh, church network along with uh, me. And uh, we also have a board too. But this directional team is more boots on the ground. So God just keeps blessing NEC like crazy. And we just want to highlight amazing stuff that God's uh, done over the course of 2021 uh, but first, we just want to hear from Tim and Justin and have a share. Uh, Tim Madeira, you too. Just what God's doing in our lives and our ministries and kind of celebrate some wins together. I think it's a good time to look at wins because, well, COVID, uh, you know, we expected 2021 to be different than 2020. And it turned out in some ways to be much the same, especially as we wrapped up the year with the increase of COVID and all the challenges that went with it. And so I actually talked to my staff at lunch today and I said, what do you see as some of the wins that we had here at WRGN? Because I know what I consider to be a win, uh, but sometimes it's interesting to hear what the staff you know feels and what they thought. Uh, one of the things that they all to a person said was it was amazing to see an increase in feedback from our listeners. Mm. Uh, we're getting a lot more feedback from people who tell us how much they appreciate what they hear on the radio because uh, a lot of times they're not getting out like they used to. We've got a lot of people still working from home and being able to hear and have Christian radio on in their house throughout the day helps them out. So that was one big win. The other was our online listening. Our online listening went through the roof this year. We actually had to increase, we had to double or more than double the amount of people who could log in and listen online through the TuneIn app or other uh, online means, whether you're using a Alexa or, or a Google smart speaker. And so that was another big win. And then the third, which was kind of a surprise to us, although I've heard it echoed through a lot of churches, and that is an increase or a maintenance or increase in giving over this mm-hmm. time which kind of surprises because you see businesses with the help wanted signs and can't get enough. And God has been blessing in our place, the church. I don't know about each of you, but uh, that that's been a huge uh, win for us as well, to be able to continue to minister and, you know, looking forward to what we want to do in 2022. Mm, that's awesome. That's great. Especially when you're able to hear more from the people that you are serving. Exactly. You know, especially in your line of ministry where you don't you don't actually see them most of the time. I don't get any amens like you guys do when I'm talking. So <laughs> no, Justin gets all the amens at his church. That's that's the amen in church. We know that. <laughs> so speaking of Justin, uh, how are things going, Justin? Where are you at? Yeah, thanks, Tim. So 2021 was a challenging year, uh, unlike everybody else who had just an awesome year. Um <laughs> 
<laughs> but I was really reflecting on what God did. And it is amazing because as hard and challenging as it was and just kind of decision fatigue, I think most pastors would say we made decisions we didn't want to have to make, making at least half our church unhappy with every decision we made. And that wasn't fun. But what was fun was seeing God work despite all that. So two years ago, we embarked on a pretty ambitious um, capital campaign. We called it a faith raising campaign. And we said, if we could raise a few million dollars, these are the projects we could do across our region that would really be transformative for a our area. A few million dollars. Well, that's the faith part. Uh, it didn't make sense on paper, right? And so, you know, we launched it. We worked hard and just didn't know what would happen. And People committed uh, beyond even our goal, and we were stunned by that. But what we didn't anticipate was COVID, and that obviously the shutdown hit just as we green-lighted the largest project, which was building a new campus about a half hour to the east of here. And so we had just green-lighted construction. We had to pause construction because we said this was a faith initiative with the church closed indefinitely. We just don't know how this is going to happen. And a couple months later, we just came back and said, you know what, there's still not any signs of things changing, but what has continued is people's generosity. So let's just do this and see what happens. And so we greenlighted construction again. Um, We actually broke ground that time. We actually moved forward. And for almost a year, that project that was supposed to be funded through a bank loan was all self-funded through God's people. And when the banks kind of reopened um, the next year, which was this past year, and said, hey, we're now ready to lend. Uh, And once you're ready to start construction, here's what you need to know. We were able to say to them, well, actually, construction's already begun. I sent them a drone shot of the site, and they're like, how did that happen? (laughs) That is so awesome. And we were able to tell them because God provided through his people. And it was just an amazing story. And wow. when that campus opened in the spring of last year, um, the community just turned out and forced the campus doubled. We had to double the parking lot within a month. I mean, it was just the hunger was there in that community. And I'm just so grateful for the faith of the leaders here and the people here to say, we're going to keep moving forward no matter what. Um, yes. We're a few days away from signing a lease on another facility to our south, about 20 minutes. That'll be a five-year lease converting a restaurant into a, a campus. And again, there's not any borrowing that's going to have to happen because God's people have supplied every penny in advance. And so I just look back on last year and the year before and say, how did that happen? I don't know other than God. And he showed up through the faith of his people and all of the projects are cool and awesome, but it's all for the people, right? It's the lives that God has changed. And there's a couple lives that get me excited uh, from this past year. So a few years ago, a couple came for counseling. Their marriage was on the rocks. It didn't look good. God showed up and changed their marriage. And because of that, um, their, their lives changed, their marriage changed, their family changed. Their son, her son started coming with his fiance. They asked for premarital mentoring, and during the premarital mentoring, um, decided they were going to fully surrender. They got in a small group. Uh, They were going to do things God's way. They moved out. Uh, They were living together. They moved out. They got married in purity, second chance purity, and really had an impact on family and friends. Because of those decisions, two more couples are now coming to church. Um, 
one couple is a family member of them. Another couple is a friend of them. That couple that's a friend of them, um, he gave his life to Christ last year. They came for marriage counseling also. During that, she gave her life to Jesus. Mm. And now we're doing parent mentoring of them to help them train their boys to know and follow Jesus at a young age. And so it's just kind of like a generational cycle that's happening with these people with big faith that are getting obedient to Jesus and everything else changes. So yeah, despite all of the frustration of last year, man, I can't thank God enough for the way that he worked. Wow. That is awesome. Just reminds me of Matthew eleven twenty nine, where it says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I'm gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. When we start to do things God's way, it can change lives, and and that's what you've seen, and that's fantastic. Well, Tim Walker over at Restored Church, how are things going with you guys in ministry? I know that you, like me, have just finished a round of COVID. For me, it was round two. How about you? Yeah, well, I had a good uh, 22-month run, and then finally COVID ran me down. And uh, not for the second time, this is the first time, but it ran me down pretty hard. So uh, that significantly kind of altered what December looked like at Restored and even put uh, a lot of Christmas plans in jeopardy. Three of our four pastoral families all came down with COVID about the same time. A couple of us were hit pretty hard from it. And so I'm really grateful to be through that, to be recovered I've lost family and friends to COVID during the pandemic. So that recovery is not something that I take for granted. Uh, Really thankful just for recovery for my whole family. But yeah, as I look at 2021, for us as an urban church, we have been deeply and in some ways disproportionately affected by COVID. Uh, We've been navigating so many hard and heavy realities just in the lives of people that God has brought into our community here. So there's a lot uh, that that impacts both uh, on the family level and the church level. I'll tell you the the biggest win that I'm celebrating on the family level is that my daughter, Lucy, gave her life to Jesus in 2021. That's awesome. And that is an answer to prayers that we have prayed for many years. And uh, several months following that decision, it's incredible to see just the gospel fruit that the Holy Spirit is already producing in my daughter. That's the biggest win for me. There's plenty of other wins, but that one is definitely the biggest one. You know, as I, as I look uh, on the church front and just all of the things that we've navigated, we've seen that God has just been incredibly faithful. What I often uh, say is we have a lot of visible reminders of God's faithfulness. We can easily see and look around and see things that, like it was for the Israelites that they would set up monuments that would trigger their memory as they would see things that remind them of the faithfulness of God. We've got a lot of those just in the everyday realities of the community and ministry at Restored. Uh, Last year, we saw 11 people go public with their faith in Jesus. So exciting to see that. Uh, One of those was a couple that walked into our church for the very first time, Easter Sunday, They were pretty transparent about the fact they were only 28 days clean and sober at that point. She came eagerly. He came highly reluctantly. Kicking and screaming, as it were. Yeah, not quite that antagonistic, but right at it. Um, He said, hey, I'll go once just to appease you, but don't count on me going back. They ended up coming five weeks in a row. 
Uh, they joined a community group with uh, my wife and I and some others. Uh, they plugged into our growth track process. And five weeks after they showed up, Tim Morris, our discipleship pastor, was able to lead him to Jesus. So it's been incredible just to celebrate the journey with them. Their 90 days sobriety mark, our community group got to throw a huge party for them. They got married in August after living together for a while. And last October, they became members. So we talk all the time about taking people from lost to leading in the way that we minister to them. And we've seen it in that family and in so many others. We're just seeing God work in incredible ways. Uh, One of the things we're pretty excited about is we really pressed into discipleship in 2021, actually redefining what we viewed success as. So we said, you know, we've seen a lot of great first-generation discipleship intentionally and relationally happen, but we want to see discipleship reach to the fourth generation, where the people that we disciple go on to disciple somebody else who then goes on to disciple somebody else to see true multiplication, not just addition. So we launched a discipleship training center, and we've got almost 40 people in that meeting weekly to be trained with the belief skills and practices to both make and multiply disciples. We're seeing people come to Christ. We're seeing through those relationships of people in the training center, we're seeing some of them already go on to disciple others, which is really exciting. We're just seeing a lot of spiritual fruit in that, which we're really grateful for. We've tried to just ask, how can we be most present in the needs of our community? Uh, So we launched a community food distribution last May. And just in seven months, uh, we were able to feed almost 1,300 families mm. in our community through that. It's been really incredible to see um, over, over a third of those are Spanish-speaking neighbors that have recently moved into our community. Uh, it's been cool to see some of our bilingual members mobilize to be able to serve them well, to be able to connect some of them with a Spanish-speaking church right down the street. Super excited about that. And then the last thing, the spirit of collaboration with the Northeast Collaborative, we've been able to continue a regional ministry cohort that Dan started a few years ago at Restored. We've been able to to build on and expand that as well as replicate that with a group of pastors in Scranton as well. So we have now seen, I believe it's 65 different pastors and ministry leaders from across our region that have been connected in that and just seeing the, the collaboration, the encouragement, the connections, the relationships and the teamwork coming out of that, that's not anything new or unique to us. To be honest, there are really network-oriented gospel-centered leaders in our region that have laid a foundation for decades before we ever showed up. We've just been able to build on that foundation and further connect the dots. And it's been so encouraging just to see how God's working, not just at Restored, but in and through gospel-centered churches uh, across our region and all of the different opportunities that God's bringing to us in a really unique cultural moment. Yeah, you know, one of the things I love about that too, Tim, as it has expanded, is expanding it beyond just the pastors to the ministry leaders. We've seen an, a huge increase in ministry leaders, uh, pregnancy centers, the, all the different people that are coming now. And there may be pastors that come to that that aren't even aware. So if you're listening and you're not part of a collaborative group, man, it is imperative that you do it, not just for the health of your own church, but to understand what other ministries are out there that you could be partnering with. And 
taking advantage of that. And that's a big part of what NEC is all about is resourcing. It's a huge advantage, isn't it, Dan? Yeah. I mean, collaboration before the pandemic was uh, basically a luxury, uh, unfortunately. Mm. Now it's a necessity. And I think it's it's really awesome when we've been able, by God's grace, to provide these opportunities for churches and ministry leaders to truly collaborate through the Spirit's power. And when that happens, God's going to move in powerful ways. So you are both leading NEC, but you've got a church that you're working with as well, Dan, now, as you kind of juggle both balls. So what's happening there? Yeah, 2021 was quite a year for me personally. I felt like I was leading three organizations, uh, Grace Christian Fellowship, our new church here in Cortland, New York, Northeast Collaborative, and the Nichols Family Incorporated. It it was quite a year. So on the family front, uh, we moved three times, basically. We moved in with some friends up here in Cortland for a couple weeks. Then we moved into a rental for a month and a half. And then we finally found a house because when we were buying our house, the market was just insane. So we're just praising God we were able to move in to our neighborhood, start doing Taco Tuesdays. I mean, one big win on the home front, similar to what Tim was sharing. Landon came home recently and he was like, mom, I've got to tell my whole class about Jesus because he just started going to kindergarten at a public school. And like, it's just amazing when you see your kids just start to get it even though you feel like a lot of days that they, are they ever going to get it? And we're all dads here. So we, we get that. Mm-hmm. Um, so on the church front though, man, 2021 was incredible. So the church I'm leading is a 220 year old church. It started when Thomas Jefferson was president. Wow. Okay. It's been around for a while for a minute, I guess that's the cool way of saying it now. It's been around for a minute, 220 years. And so basically uh, I came in and it's a whole new transition for me because most of my decade of ministry has just been starting stuff. And so now I'm coming into this uh, larger organization that uh, really has been established for a while and navigating change uh, has been uh, quite, quite a journey. Some of the wins though, I listed out 21 wins for 2021. I won't share all of them here on the podcast, but <laughs> yeah, um, I really believe in celebrating wins. So I, I went for, for all of it. And Part of it, true, like it is true. There is part of this honeymoon period when you're a new pastor. It, you go through this season where you can almost do no wrong. Uh, it's not like we haven't had any bumps, but it's just it is exciting to see people who have been hungry, really hungry, to go to what they call the next level. They're just not sure what that next level is. And so, what I've been casting the vision for is it's you. You are the next level, not me. And that has been different. Like a huge win was when one of our um members came into my office. He's, he just popped in. He's like, Hey Dan, can we, can we just talk? I was like, yeah. He's like, okay. He's like, I think I'm getting it. Can I just like share with you what I think you're leading us in? And I was like, Oh boy. All right, let's see. And he, I mean, literally it was so clear that he got it. He's like, okay, so I'm a police officer and it's about me sharing and showing the love of Jesus in my spheres of influence. And that's where we're heading in the future. Right. I was like, Yes, that is it. Because I think when a new pastor comes in, sometimes in our American church model, it's, oh, we got this you know, new preacher. And especially for me, I'm about 30 years younger than my predecessor. And so it's like, oh, that, that attitude of we got that young, fiery preacher that's going to wow the crowds. I'm like, no, no, it's Ephesians 4. My job is to equip and train you to do the work of ministry. And the fact that people are catching that is great. We had this awesome kingdom man men's group. We had dozens of guys out for six straight weeks and it's continuing. So even after that, 
there are over 20 guys still meeting, just talking together about spiritual things and wives were coming back to us. And I heard from wives that their husbands have been different since they've been a part of kingdom man, like in their home, they're, they're better husbands, better fathers because of kingdom man. I I couldn't be more excited about that. So just a lot of exciting things going on. And then with NEC, obviously tons of wins there, but uh, I want, Tim and Justin to be able to share from their perspective, some of the wins for Northeast collaborative over this past year. Yeah. I think looking at just NEC and all the ways that God's used that, like we desperately need each other Two two ways that NEC was able to kind of bring leaders together in really strategic ways. One was through the annual pastors retreat. And man, there's just something about getting in a room with people who know exactly what you've been through because they've been walking the exact same journey in ministry. You know, there've been so many hard and heavy realities, so many painful points that have kind of compounded and collided over the past two years. And just the, the refreshment in that, I know that there were guys in that room who weren't sure if they were going to continue in ministry, Mm -hmm. but NEC through the relationships, the encouragement, the support, and the teamwork was, was a huge part of keeping them in the game. Like that's so encouraging to see that. That's not just been in the Northeast either, Tim. That's been countrywide. Oh yeah, Correct. absolutely. Yeah, there is a there is a mass exodus of of pastors happening across the nation, and and I don't even want to speak about that disparagingly because pastors have been just so wounded in this time that for some of them, that's a necessary step to step away and to heal and to process through that. And so it just makes me really grateful for just the the benefit of collaboration and the, the support that comes in that to know that on the darkest and the hardest of days, I'm not alone. There, there are so many other pastors in NEC that I can, and honestly over the years have, picked up the phone and called and been super vulnerable and transparent to say, Hey, here's where I'm at. Here's what I'm wrestling through. Can you help me? Can you just process this with me? Can you pray for me? And they do. And then a week later, I'll get a text knowing that I'm not forgotten. Even after that conversation, they've continued to pray for me and encourage me and help me. And that, that type of support is, is so, so huge. Justin, I'm curious. I know that we had a we had a ton of fun at the retreat. You and your wife Annie are quite avid and uh, competitive gamers, which was uh, kind of fun to play some board games, some card games. I, I'd love to hear from you. Just what what was your experience at the retreat? Yeah, I think it's easy amidst all the frustration to forget that we're in a spiritual war, mm. and because of that, those of us that serve on the front lines, we just get drained and exhausted. We need time to just to get kick back and play and relax. And so, yeah, the game time, the card games, while it was cutthroat and Dan found a way to keep score and thus win many games. <laughs> always cutthroat. suspicious, always suspicious <laughs> when the scorekeeper wins. You know, there will listen, be a new games with Dan for a long time. He's shady. <laughs> <laughs> Next year, Dan will not be keeping score. I can guarantee you that. 
but just that ability to kick back and, and enjoy each other. And, and there's just a camaraderie. Like I think people that experience stuff similar, much like bunker buddies, guys on the front lines that you feel similar, you've experienced similar wounds and, and challenges. And so there's just this quicker ability to, to sit, to relax, to share life. When we were together at the end of the retreat with our groups, just processing in smaller groups, there was a lot of just kind of open confessing of here's my sins, here's my struggles. And what was funny is almost every single person around the table just concurred like, yeah, that's mine too. Yeah, that's mine mm-hmm. too. And was just like, what are we so ashamed of? Like, why don't we share this stuff more, get yeah. it off our chest and, and rally around each other. Like white blood cells rally to the scene of an infection. Why can't we rally? And definitely the way we ended that retreat was a rallying towards needs and and i think all of us at least in the group i was in walked away feeling listened to cared about understood and encouraged in such a deep way yeah and one of the cool things about those those groups that justin just mentioned is dan's been incredible for the the northeast collaborative retreat uh he will strategically invite mentor couples that are ministry veterans with decades of experience just to share that god's been faithful and Jesus is worth it. And the pain that you've dealt with, they probably have dealt with. And I know that there were many times throughout the retreat, just watching those mentor couples, like able to get one-on-one with another ministry family. And you could just see tears being shed and burdens being lifted and just them speaking life into so many other families there. Uh, I know Heather and I have benefited from those conversations over the years with them as well. Uh, so I think that that element of the mentor couples is really an incredible part of the retreat as well. Yeah. And I think that really came out with Matthew Hoskinson, our facilitator for the retreat. At the very beginning, we have mentor couples share stories, but then we have the brag on God time. And that's always my favorite time where we've had such a, a hard year for most of us, especially 2020 and 2021 were very difficult. And just to hear that God's been faithful in so many different ways. And as Matthew was listening that night, he changed his entire plan for speaking the next day based on what he was hearing from everyone that night. And I just love that he was sensitive to the spirit, that he was really understanding who we are as NEC. And it wasn't, hey, I just got to come in and, and do my shtick and get out. So that that meant a lot too. For anyone that's interested in this retreat, we're going to have it September 28th through the 30th again this next year. And you never know, maybe we'll get the Madeiras to come this year. You never know. You never <laughs> well, know. I express something to you, Dan, and I'm, I'm going to let a cat out of the bag here. My wife does not like retreats. She is an advanced person, you know? <laughs> right. But, but I can tell you, I've been to a lot of retreats and it's not just to, to brag on NEC. It's not about NEC. It's just this really has been unique, even for me and Joy, mm. uh, just going to it. But yeah, so September 28th to 30th, if, if you're listening, you want more info on it, let us know. And uh, we'd love to give you more info. But we also want to talk about wins from the Northeast Leadership Summit that we we tried so hard to have happen through 2020, didn't work out. And then most of 2021, but it finally happened for the second annual. The first annual, God blew our minds at Camp Ayuka. But that was 2019, so it it had been a minute. But November 6, 2021, we were able to have it. Tim and Justin, what were some of the the wins you experienced there? Yeah, I think it was about a decade ago. 
when I was fairly new here and we were trying to figure out how do we reach people far from God? How do we change traditions, that sort of thing? And David Whiting, who was our keynote speaker, had a conference going at his church in Rochester that we took our team to. It was geared for teams. And we came away from that conference. We stayed in a hotel while we were there and just had tons of debriefing time. And the question that kept coming up is, can, can we do that? Like, could we try something like that? And so we went back each year and each year we had those team conversations. And every year we made some shifts, not major shifts usually, but minor shifts. And it led to us going in a totally different direction as a church to reach people far from God. I saw those types of conversations happening at NEC's Northeast Leadership Summit. I saw teams asking those, can we do that type questions? Mm. And even during lunch, you know, there were different people pulling me in and saying, hey, can you explain this a little more or, or help us understand? We're really curious. And the wheels were turning, the smoke was rising. And I was just so excited. Like I've been there. I love that these teams are talking through this together. And it's not just the senior pastors that are going away, getting all this content to go home and have their bubbles burst by people who say, we can't do that. <laughs> the teams are experiencing it together. Yeah. To kind of build on that whole team thing. I think one of the unique things about the Northeast Leadership Summit is it's not just content driven. Meaning sometimes you go to a conference and you quite honestly feel like you're trying to drink from a fire hydrant because you get nine straight hours of information. And it's fantastic information. But sometimes you're so exhausted by the end of that content dump that you feel like, I don't even have the energy to be able to process everything I just heard. So Dan's created some really great conversational rhythms that pair with that content to be able to go, okay, there are strategic points in the day for teams to get together and to not just absorb content, but to actually be able to process and apply that. So I mean, the conversations that, that our team was able to have through that was, was really incredible. I think one of the things that was super encouraging for me, the whole theme of this year's conference was navigating change. And there's a principle in leadership that Craig Rochelle says, those who don't sit where you sit, don't know what you know, don't see what you see, don't feel what you feel. And one of the surprising things that came out is because we're talking about navigating change, majority of people on our team that, that came said, I had no idea the depth of change that you've been navigating, the rapid pace that you've had to run just in order to not only sustain ministry, but to grow it. Can I help more? So being able to see those conversations form where it wasn't just that they added new content to their library of information. No, there was a compelling applicational side to it that those conversations then led to mobilizing them to play key roles and not just watching change, but actually leading change moving forward. That group processing time, so key to that and making it affordable for an entire group to come, I think is a, a big positive from the leadership summit, Dan. Yeah. Even our church here, Grace Christian Fellowship, I think it was just so powerful to see that there were realizations that I don't think would have happened if they weren't in that type of space, that type of environment. 
our team at Grace Christian Fellowship, I would join them, even though I was doing a lot of running around, I joined them for some of the processing and man, just our lay leaders, you know, people that like, like Tim was saying, they don't see stuff the way we do, man, they were starting to get it and go, Whoa. Oh, wow. And that wouldn't have happened. So that to me is, is very valuable as a pastor. Um, also on the macro level, I, one of the biggest wins for me was just the response. Um, the fact that we had over 250 people and I was told Pete Miller, our amazing admin, he's incredible. He's like, I think we had 75 to 80% lay leaders, like non positions and titles. And that is really unique. Also, we were able to give away $6,000 to mission half. So 3000 went to a revitalizing church that we had picked to bless them. They're, they're, they're coming back to health and then $3,000 to another church plant in the Northeast in New Jersey. And so it's just, it's cool to see uh, those two unique things. You know, some people, anytime you start something new, why are you starting it? This conference is different one because of the processing times during the schedule, not outside the schedule. And then secondly, we give away all of our profits every year. And so this next year, uh, November 5th, we're, uh, we have Crawford Loritz. So Dr. Crawford Loritz is going to talk about redefining success. And uh, we're going to have a podcast episode with him coming up here pretty soon to promo that. But anyway, November 6th, redefining success. And we're going to design more breakouts for you to bring your teams. And I'll just share one quick win as, as far as a story goes. One of the guests that came to the conference that I didn't know he was going to make it was Andy Needham. He's got a new leadership position with Converge. Converge is one of the healthiest networks nationally, but he's part of the Northeast subset of Converge. And he has run conference. I didn't know this, but at NLS, he told me, he's like, Dan, I've run conferences with 900 people, 600 people. And in, and in the Northeast, that's, like, that's really big. A lot. So that's a lot. Yeah. And he said, Dan, I'm not just saying this. Like what, what God has done here in the culture, the chemistry and the content, he's like, you, you have 90% of what it takes to make this a movement. And so even today, earlier today, Pete and I were zooming with him and he was giving some really good feedback on our pain points and, and all of the issues. But he said, literally the, the issues that you're having with the conference are literally because there's just too many people there and it's growing pains and it's like all the right problems. So he was trying to get, he got really granular with us, which Pete and I really appreciated of detail stuff to make it even better and more effective next year. So we'd love for you and your teams to come out November 5th at Berean Bible in green, New York. God's just doing great things. Yeah. If you've missed the things that Northeast collaborative has done through the leadership summit or through the retreat, there are lots of opportunities for growth, for adding value to your team. And we want to do that all the time for you. We hope to add value to your life and ministry, both through the events that we do, but also through the podcasts. I mean, these are great things that you can take advantage of. The podcast free and the other events that we do also very affordable, not just for the leaders, but for your teams, because it is about getting the teams on the same page. What we like to do is empower pastors to lead and launch healthy churches here in Northeast America. If you want to be a part of it, join the Northeast Collaborative. And always remember that nothing we ever do for the Lord is in vain. <laughs>